Welcome to episode 67 of the UK Run Chat podcast. I'm your host, Joe Williams, and in this episode, I speak with Jason and Duncan, the co-founders of our nutrition partners at Raw Velo. Jason and Duncan have created a range of plant-based sports nutrition that helps to sustain the planet as well as your performance. This is the first of our podcasts with the team from Raw Velo, so do look out for more. If you have any comments or would like to get in touch, you know you can on info at ukrunchat.co.uk. Enjoy this conversation with Jason and Duncan, and we will see you on the next episode. Welcome, Jason. Welcome, Duncan. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's great to be here. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, thanks for having us, Joe. Yeah, thank you very much. So um, we've uh, we've started our, our partnership in January. Thank you very much for joining UK Run Chat from Raw Velo. It's a privilege to be part of uh, part of UK Run Chat and to be partnering up with you guys. So uh, no, we're super excited for the relationship. Good, thank you, thank you very much. Shall we shall we start with an introduction to you both for everybody? Um, um, yeah, my name's Jason. Um, I'm the co-founder of Raw Velo, um, yeah. and Duncan is my partner in crime. Partner in crime. Yeah, uh, we started the business so about. 20, well, we, we started thinking about starting the business in about 2017. Yeah. We've been working together for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Where, whereabouts are you you're joining us from? Uh, so we're, uh, we have offices in Dalston in central London. Well, okay. East London, should we say. Yeah. And are you, are you snowed? Is it snowy down there today? <laughs> uh, not today, but we had a fair dusting yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know. As as you know, uh, even if you get a sprinkling down south, it's considered to be heavy snow. But uh, yeah. well, no, it was it was it was gone within two hours, so it wasn't exactly that, oh, okay. that bad. Just lots of rain, yeah. usual drizzly rain. <laughs> well, I'm I'm up here in Shropshire in Shrewsbury, and we've got quite a bit today, and we're we're quite low lying actually for Shropshire. So if we get it, then the rest of the counties got it quite heavy. So. Yeah, but it's it's beautiful yet a little inconvenient sometimes. Yeah, well, a very nice part of the world to be in. So, thank you very much. Have you been? Have you been up? Well, I have. Yeah, I've got a friend who's got a house up there. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, it's a it's a nice part of the world. We're we're a little bit lost. We're west of the West Midlands. Um, so we uh, yeah, it's a bit of a. It's a bit off the beaten track, though. It is, yeah. We were, there was actually an article about Shrewsbury in the Guardian last weekend, and they, they were just saying how it's undiscovered and it should it should rival the likes of York and um, places. Oh, I, yeah, very nice place. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I've 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 spent um, a reasonable amount of time there. Um, I've done some cycling around there, um, yep. and it's 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 you know it, it's it's I would say it's a. It, it's a slightly undiscovered gem, and I would keep it quiet if I was. I was say that <laughs> the locals are quite, probably quite pleased at the uh, uh, at the lack of traffic going through. Yes, yeah, yeah. If they do come through, they tend to go just right the way around us and up into North Wales. Um, yeah. yeah, there's some lo- lovely routes for cycling. So, was was that your? Sorry, that was J- Jason. You gave us a little bit of an intro, but your your. So your background, the two of you, in terms of sport. So is cycling your sport? Was it? Is it? Or um, well, yes. So um, I, I come from prior to starting the business, yeah. um, uh, as well as having a completely alternative career to, to the one that I now have. Um, yeah. I I was a, a keen cyclist, and I used to race at kind of well up to national level in the UK. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, it, I took it reasonably seriously, but it was still very much for fun. Um, yeah. But I've always somehow rather been involved in cycling since I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I, I literally, you know, I was riding a bike at three and, um, you know, off off around the woods in the park from as young as I, I possibly could be. Yeah. And that being back in the 70s, it was very much uh, my parents didn't mind me going off and doing that on my own. So it was like, yeah. pack a lunch, be back before it gets dark. <laughs> and they'd pack me out in the door on a Saturday morning and off I'd go with my mates. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was always part of my life. And then I did some BMX racing when I was a kid and then some mountain bike when mountain bike was first coming around. So I was, yeah, so that was back in eighty something. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, and then uh, kind of a hiatus during university uh, for other recreations took over. Indeed, uh, recreational <laughs> habits took over. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, kind of rediscovered it again in my in my late twenties, um, and yeah. I got very into road cycling. So that 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 was my thing for for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's a little bit more leisurely, partly due to the fact that I um, I have a young daughter and uh, and obviously business to run that takes up most of my time, so I can't really train to be competitive anymore. Yes, um, but also now I just very much enjoy I enjoy the ride, I guess as they say. So and uh, and I've got more and more into kind of you know off road riding, some kind of more adventure based stuff, um, yep. longer distance stuff, you know, kind of multi day and you know. Um, so yeah just enjoy it i guess almost going back to my my childhood of enjoying the ride and yeah and, and the, the idea of being able to explore by bicycle is now very much uh kind of key for me yeah that i mean that's what it should be for everybody shouldn't it yeah at, at its core it's really definitely whether that's on foot or on a bike or yeah or in a pair of hiking boots that's exactly what it should be yeah it's about being out there enjoying enjoying the world around you yeah. taking it all in um seeing as much as he can and having adventures how about you duncan so i um i was brought up in south africa as mm-hmm. my accent can attest to yes. um, obviously a sports mad nation so yes um you try everything uh sport was also compulsory at school so you had to play a summer and a winter sport mm-hmm. um, being south africa you pushed into rugby um so i played you know that more so in junior school than senior school. When I got to senior school, I discovered surfing because we lived on the coast. Um, okay. And that, yep. that kind of took preference over everything else. Um, and then when I moved to the UK in the sort of mid-90s, I was looking for alternatives because I, I didn't live near the coast. So yeah, it was a lot of gym work. Um, and that kind of led to cycling. I've always been sort of anatomically challenged when it comes to cycling because I'm quite large um so cycling was more a sort of um an alternative you know an endurance activity yes opposed to the weight training and stuff and also sort of weight control and that kind of thing so I, I got into it but um you know my physique won't ever sort of allow me to be a competitive cyclist as such so <laughs> I never I never really pursued that path but I love the endurance aspect of it. Um, I've done yeah. a fair amount of running in my time. So, you know, a, a general spectrum of sports for me. Um, is, yeah. yeah uh, I think I, I'm just going to interject there. Duncan's yeah. underselling himself here. As he can. <laughs> He's a super competitive South African who happens to be one of those annoying people that's good at every sport he does. 
<laughs> oh, he's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you asked him to take up tiddlywinks, he'd be you know he'd yeah. be pushing for world championships in in three months. It's that kind of level of. I'd, I'd put myself in a sort of ten ten handicap category for all sports. So. Moderately good at most of them, but not excellent at any of them. So <laughs> probably a good way of describing it. Oh, very good. So, so how did you two meet? Um, it's it's slightly, slightly convoluted story. Uh, through my wife, who um, knew Duncan before we uh, before we married. In fact, before we met. Yeah. Um, She's a member of a tennis club, and uh, well, Duncan can tell you the rest of the story. Yeah, it's a, it's a central London tennis club. Yeah, um, and I used to run the the gym facility there, so I used to train Jason's wife as a personal trainer. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's, that's and, and 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 the bit that he's missing, which is where the the the, the kind of the cycling link comes in, is that he. Um, he he trained her basically to um, to get through doing the Etape de Tour, which is an okay. event that, that they run every year in France, which is uh, essentially amateur riders riding a leg of the Tour de France. Yes, um, and uh, she'd previously done some triathlon, and for some reason decided to sign up to it, and then realised that she had absolutely no idea what she was doing and had never ridden in the mountains before. And um, and Duncan, who at that point in time was already quite a competent cyclist. Took, took over training her up so and got her through it in, in flying style so very good um and as a consequence of that um you know when when we met you know she realized I was a keen cyclist she was like oh you should you should meet duncan he's he cycles as well and you guys could go out together and which we did and 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 it kind of came from there so there was a there was a friendship first and then a business after that so Okay, so, so, so talk me through then. So you're friends now. Then you're going out on your on, on your rides at the weekends and chatting away. I, what? How do you go from that to you know starting a new starting a new brand, starting there, Rovello? Um. Well, I, I I guess that it was a it was the coming together of of, of several. I, th- I think it was a point in life more than anything. So mm-hmm. um, both of us were at a point with our current careers where we wanted to change something, wanted to do something different. Yeah. Um, my my previous career actually was in um, was in the media industry. I worked in film and television, and I was a documentary filmmaker. Okay. Um, and as a consequence, spent a lot of time away from home, traveling quite often overseas um and you know for, for extended periods you know three months sometimes even six months okay which is absolutely fine when you're younger and single and have no commitments in fact it was amazing it was you know fantastic lifestyle yes. um, but uh, you know as i got slightly older and then met somebody that i married and and then we were talking about having kids yeah. this, this isn't this isn't sustainable in the long term yes um, and so at that point, I was starting to think about trying to find something else to do, mm-hmm. um, and 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 well, Duncan can pick up from there. But yeah, I mean, I was similar thing to Jason. I was kind of, I felt like I was reaching the twilight end of my personal training career, having done it for a while. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's all it's all well and good, but it, it's one of those jobs you work. A sort of split shift scenario you're always 
chasing the numbers because you know you have to fill a diary every day to make it a successful um, career yeah. path. Um, yeah. So I was just uh, I don't want to say I was looking to slow down, but um, you know, it the, the thought of having a Saturday off. Yes, it was quite good after twenty years of never yeah. having one, and you know, and yeah, I just wanted to change a pace and uh, just something yeah. different. But but again, I think what Rovello did offer was the opportunity to stay connected to sport, which was which was important to me. So yes, and uh, yeah, and uh, and really, a lot of the impetus actually came again. I have to take my hat off to um, to the better part of my relationship, which is my wife, who really yeah. pushed us. Um, uh, for a bit of background, she's actually from the US and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as, as you can imagine, has a slightly different attitude towards risk taking than, than than most people in the UK have. Yeah, she was very much of the, of the, of the, of the idea that we should, you know, we, we should do something and we should go for it. And, uh, you know, in a very American way said to me, why don't you follow your passions? Um, Mm-hmm. And I've always been passionate about cycling. I've always been passionate about sport, but I've also always been passionate about food and nutrition. Um, they were very, key, they are very key things to me. I was actually brought up in the food industry. Uh, my parents were publicans. They ran very successful restaurants. So okay. I had that background knowledge of understanding food and it being something very important and integral to my life. Um, but also in terms of the health, aspect of that and um mm-hmm. maybe having say a slightly alternative view to what um healthy diet is um and and, and how to approach that um and so it was a, for me it was how do i find something that kind of fits into that space and it is actually the idea of sports nutrition is something that i thought about in the past because when i was actually competing as a cyclist yeah one of the things that i always found well, the the, the 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 circle that I could never square was the the idea that um, I did, you know, look after my health pretty well in terms of nutrition. Um, yep. I, I you know I ate well, trained pretty hard most of the mm-hmm. time. Um, you know, took took things reasonably seriously. Um, mm-hmm. But when it came to actually doing hard training sessions or competing, mm-hmm. um, the options left open to me for uh, for nutrition, I felt were pretty poor in terms of the ingredients, in terms of the philosophy behind them, yeah. um, in terms of how they were delivered. And I just kind of felt there was a disconnect there. You know, you, you pe- people generally do sport, even if they do it at quite a high level, you know, there's an element of that, which is about, trying to be healthy but also being the best you can Mm -hmm. Um, and for me being the best you can is very much about you know nourishing your your body in the best way that you can is that's how you're going to get the best out of it Mm -hmm. Um, and I just felt sports nutrition just didn't do that it served a purpose it was a quick fix but it had no thought about long-term implications of using it or you know, uh, of recovery or, you know, it was just purely like, okay, here's something, take this and, and, and you'll get through the next half an hour or whatever. And, yeah. and to me, it just, there was a disconnect. So when it did come to thinking about a business and trying to find things that align my passions, it seemed like a really obvious place to start looking. So mm-hmm. early on, um, it was very much doing research, you know, um, you know, I, I think one of the first things we did was we went out and bought, 
40 or 50 different kinds of um, sports nutrition, supposedly kind of energy bar yes. taste tests with, um, with, you know, groups of people, friends that we got together. You know, we've, we had a party one night where we got you know, people together and, and, and taste tested and ranked all of these, these, these bars. Yeah. Some yeah. to eat, some weren't. Um, and the overriding result of the whole thing was that people just didn't like any of them. There was like a couple that people were like, well, like I, I could tolerate that. But the yeah. majority of them, people were like, this isn't very nice. And there were quite a few that people were actually just spat out and said, this is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> That's and really we, interesting from that many, 40 or 50 that you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. we were like, so there's got, there, there has to be space in the market. There's something going on here that's not right. So, um, so that the next step then was to start looking at making products. Mm-hmm. Um, and that process literally started in my kitchen. <laughs> okay, brilliant. So, so you, so you started out then looking at those things that you've just said. Then, in terms of your, your kind of brand origin, if you like, so you were looking at ingredients, you were looking at the philosophy behind the business, and how you were, how you could connect. Yeah, I mean, it was about joining out the dots of uh, mm. you know, a, the, you know, the kind of the pillars, I guess, of, of what we base the brand on is that you know, sports nutrition should be it it should be holistic in terms of an approach to health and and nutrition um so wherever possible it should have added nutritional benefit and it certainly should think about the long-term implications of its use um it should taste good because ultimately sports nutrition is just food source that's fit for purpose Mm -hmm. Um, and then thirdly, it should be fit for purpose in terms of the functionality of the product. So, you know, if it's a bar, it should be something that you can carry, that you can actually eat, digest, that you can open easily, all of these kind of functional things. And then the last part of that is bringing it all together and, and understanding that if you're going to start a business in, in this day and age, you have to base that business on on um, on a philosophy of sustainability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that was that was underlying, you know, un- underpinned everything we did from day one as a brand. It was like we're we're going to start a brand, you know. Ultimately, at the end of the day, most of most athletes I know, not all athletes, but most athletes that that are in the endurance space, you know, particularly those that aren't competing at the highest level because it's it's a, it's a different game. But you know, part of the reason they do what they do is is to be outdoors and to be often out in in the kind of the natural environment as it were mm-hmm. you know running in the woods trail running in the hills mountain biking mm-hmm. um you know using their their road bike to get out of london at the weekend so that they can actually see some countryside that's mm-hmm. all about nature and um so we felt that the the, the brand had to you know, there was no other option for us to but to set a brand up that was based on those ideas of sustainability and and the long term health of the planet as well as the long term health of the individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned on your um on your website sports nutrition that's better for you and the planet too. So give us a little bit more about that. I, I am going to go back and talk about a couple of other things with the actual brand as well. But t- t- just tell us a little bit more about that and, and sustainability at Raw Velo. It's it's something you hear a lot now it's interesting to hear what that actually means yeah so i think um you know from what jason said and again referring to um the statement um about being good for you and the planet yeah uh if we look at uh conventional sports nutrition um 
it has well there's a sort of prescriptive nature about it um it's almost seen as a as a medicine as such mm-hmm. um there's a lot of um instances where you know things have been overemphasized like particular sugars or metabolites or um and 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 i think the whole movement has gone away from the whole food principle and all these components in an energy source um you know working in synergy i think uh, we we know now from you know things like um the talk about sort of gut microbiomes and things like that that um you know these things need to work in synergy and whole foods are whole foods for a reason and the body you know accepts them willingly for the reasons that they they are more complex than a lot of the stuff that's out there you know that is now sold as energy food mm-hmm. um and then sustainability wise being an organic brand obviously sourcing of ingredients is important to us um regenerative farming is is a an important practice and you know the organic um certification looks into that and 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 basically make sure that your ingredients come from um credible sources mm-hmm. um and then you know things like uh you know the, the movement around plastic and packaging i mean that in itself creates huge problems yes um so that's yeah you know that's why we we take the approach we do uh with our recyclable policy on all our packaging okay um, so we just yeah we're just trying to sort of close the circle and um and offer what is a complete um you know sustainable offering in terms of ingredients packaging and the actual quality of the uh of the product okay great i'll i'll dig into that a little bit more in a moment i just want to go back and ask you a, a question about in terms of the brand itself and the name did did you start out specifically to be for cyclists so we did in the sense that that was the sport that we both shared in common that we both knew uh-huh. and understood in terms of how nutrition is used yeah. um but having said that we also we also realized very early on or we knew very early on um that Sports nutrition for endurance athletes is the same regardless of what sport you do. Your requirements are the same. Yes. Um, and the, a name doesn't define the product. And although we were appealing initially to cyclists, as I say, because that was the, that was the space that we knew, it was the sport we knew, um, we had um, you know, early uptake from triathletes, runners, rowers, um, you know, f- pretty much from day one, people looking for a healthier alternative to the nutrition that they were currently using. Yeah. Um, and what, as, as, as the brand grew, so we really, we really launched properly in 2018. Um, yeah. as, as the brand grew, we, we, we did, you know, we, we took a step back and we were like, is this the right name? Is this going to work? Is there an issue with it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, will it appeal to people across all sports and disciplines? And the interesting thing that we found was when we asked people within the industry, i.e., retailers, mm-hmm. particularly, yep. they wouldn't always say it was an issue. Mm-hmm. But then when we asked the people that were using the products or the people that might buy the products, yep. they really didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and they either they either understood 
that raw velo yeah had had a, a cycling connotation but yeah. that didn't mean that it wasn't for them if they weren't a cyclist mm. or they just didn't really know what velo was anyway so it just became an agnostic name yes um so we decided to, to you know we, we made the decision quite early on that that we would just stick with that name because it's 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 part of the ident- identity of the brand it's mm-hmm. part of who we are as individuals and why the brand started yeah um, and now we just talk about that you know that's that's you know f- for those people that that are interested or do see it as a barrier you know it, it we, we talk about it and we're open about it and that's yes we understand that it has a root in cycling but ultimately good endurance sports nutrition works for all endurance sports it's for everyone yeah i completely agree i i had a little bit of a google this morning of the word velo so obviously i know it's it's roots in cycling but i, I didn't it, it's latin for speed rapid or swift and early bikes were called Velocipedes. Did you know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did know that. Yeah, Velocipedes. But then, interestingly, in, so I didn't know that. And then, interestingly, interestingly, in brackets, are the words speed hyphen foot, speed foot. That's what yeah, Velocipedes assume. I assume means speed foot. So actually, if you think about your speed of foot, it's applicable to pretty much all sports. Well, I, I, I really didn't know that. That's, thank you very much for doing that research. Joe. Go to that, the marketing team. that will certainly, we will certainly be, uh, we'll certainly be writing something about that. That's 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 fascinating. Yeah, and it's it's great to know. Mm. Yeah, it's very very interesting. But speed foot. Yeah, oh, I I think we feel even more justified now than in making that decision to stick with that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, tell tell me a little bit more then, Duncan. You mentioned about the ingredients being from credible sources and whole foods. So, tell us a bit more about about your products and what's different about them then. And um, I mean. In you know we're obviously in a very competitive space in the market, um, mm-hmm. and one of our USPs or the biggest one is the um, the organic certification. Mm-hmm. So it that? obviously gives the end user some sort of guarantee that what they're purchasing is the best quality product available. So what is that? What is organic certification? So it's a stringent certification process that involves um, audits. Um, we are registered with a, a um, recognized organic body in the UK, of which there are three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's European-wide and worldwide um, to an extent. So America has their own um, organic standards. We align ourselves with the European organic standards, which means that 95% of the product has to come from organic sources. Okay. And no ingredients that you use um, can be from non-organic sources unless it cannot be sourced organically. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I say, that just guarantees you know yeah. that we are only using the best quality ingredients in all our products. Mm-hmm. I think another thing to say about organic farming uh, for people that don't, know really what that means i mean i think most people do in this day and age but it's a it 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 is very strict um and uh particularly at the point of production so where the ingredients are 
grown yep. when you're talking about natural whole food ingredients um there's regular inspections um there's audits um but effectively what it means is that everything has to be grown completely chemically free chemical free sorry i'll start that again everything has to be grown completely chemical free yes so that means zero pesticides zero man-made fertilizers mm-hmm. um zero fungicides um, in, in terms of meat, it means that you can't be using an antibiotics. Um, so effectively, it's the least polluting way that you can farm. But it also promotes sustainable farming methods and regenerative farming methods, although that's not strictly one of the criteria for being organically certified. What you tend to find is most farmers that sign up to be organically certified mm-hmm. will also be using that those those farming techniques which we are now coming more and more to understand are actually not only the most sustainable but actually in the long term the most productive farming methods that we can use so the idea of kind of mass scale agriculture that's turbocharged through gmo crops and the high use of pesticides and fertilizers mm-hmm. Although it produces a large quantity of crop, that production isn't sustainable. So, you know, mm. as we're already seeing around the world, you're, you know, you're seeing the, the loss of topsoil. You're seeing this mass agriculture becoming less and less efficient and producing lower and lower yields. And not only that, producing yields of far, far less nutrient quality than um than than before and that can be achieved through organic farming mm-hmm. so you know at the end of the day it if you if you want to do something sustainably if you want to build a brand on something that's sustainable then trying to source organically if it's a food brand that is um or, or a clothing brand um yeah. if you you know if, if you want to do it sustainably really you kind of need to be looking at organic wherever you can yeah. as far as we're concerned yes Tell me more. You mentioned plastics as well earlier, Duncan. What, tell me about that in terms of plastics at Rovella. Yeah, so we've, um, you know, we, we've, we've been looking at solutions for packaging for years. And the market, the first ones to come around was sort of the home compostable wrappers on, for argument's sake, bars. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a trend for a while. But we never really bought into that because... Um, we actually had a an order done on our packaging and um, yeah. suggestions made as to what the best solutions would be. And we were advised that, you know, the plastics industry would evolve to an extent that actually the packaging would become recyclable. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just, we hung on for that. Um, and then last year we, we put all our products into, well, we have a, a recyclable solution for all our products. So, the bars in general are quite easy because, um, you know, it's a bar wrapper. There's not a massive requirement for sort of high moisture um, barrier on the bars, but things like the gels pose their own problems. Um, so what you have with a gel is a is a plastic, which is lined with an aluminium foil, um, which obviously has very strong um, fluid uh, barrier qualities. Yes. And that that is a complex product to recycle. However, there is now a company in the UK 
that does recycle gel wrappers. Um, so we have a, a postback system, which I see is being introduced. You know, quite a few of the brands are starting to to introduce this. So we work with a recycling partner. Um, you collect your gel wrappers, you send them free post to our recycling partner. They have a process that uses, I think, what is termed microwave technology, mm -hmm. uh, which separates the aluminium from the plastic. Um, the aluminium is then collected and sent for metal, you know, sent to metal recycling. And the plastics are um, made into either new plastic products or, you know, there's a process of recycling for the plastics too. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's excellent. Events should be getting involved in that as well, as well as brands like yourself. Because um, obviously there's lots of gels used at events, isn't there? Yeah, especially yeah. in the running game. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So that's something else actually that we're looking to start running. So something else that we're starting to look at rolling out this year, um, working with event organizers to offer our recycling solution to them. So becoming a nutrition partner with events, but rather than doing the classic old school nutrition brand trick of just delivering a pallet full of gels for everybody to eat and then chuck on the roadside and forget about. Yeah. Um, we actually provide the recycling solution for the gel wrappers themselves from any brand. So we provide bins, drop bins along the course and at the start and finish um, where people can put the wrappers from their gels or bars. Yeah. Um, and we then carry on make sure that we then make sure those get correctly recycled and genuinely recycled using this technology that duncan's been talking about brilliant some other there are some other companies out there that say that they can recycle these products but there it's a very gray area as to whether they do the company mm -hmm. we work with have a genuine solution and as far as we're aware they're the only genuine solution in the world actually that provides this this very this, good bespoke technology very good but what is um before i move on because i do want to ask you more about your gels but what what is uh i saw on your website one percent for the planet can you explain that um so one percent for the planet is um so it's an it's a it's a charitable organization it's a not-for-profit mm -hmm. that was set up um in the u.s um by patagonia the clothing brand okay. um, and the idea behind it is that and, and it's because they as a brand have always done this so they take one percent and they have done since day one um mm -hmm. they take one percent of their profits and they put that back into um funding organizations that do work that protects the planet in one way or another mm -hmm. um and and supporting that work so it's, it's a way of giving back so they they they've always done that mm -hmm. so they then decided that that could be um an interesting solution for other other companies to yeah. be able to be involved in that process so they set up the foundation and the idea is that any business that is part of that foundation then pledges to give one percent of all of their all of their revenue from each year Yes, to um, to causes that support issues around sustainability, um, you know, regenerating the environment, um, in 
some areas, um, uh, you, the, you, know, um, you know, helping sport in the natural environment, those kinds of things, yeah. um, very much about, about protecting and, and sustaining the natural environment. Yeah. Um, and the reason why it's so interesting is because it also allows you as a, as a donor, you can give the money to them directly to distribute to the causes that they work with yeah. in, in the local area to you as well. So it's very fundamental to okay. them is that the money goes into funding, funding work that is within the locality of the businesses that are putting the money in. So if you're in the UK and you're putting money into 1% for the planet, that money then doesn't just go to the US to be used on causes in the US. It will be used on, on causes and uh, it, within the UK. Um, but it also allows you to have some choice over that as well. So you can, you can either put forward organizations that you want to work with that aren't already, um, already covered by them, or you can um, work with organizations that they already support within that locality. So you can decide to work directly with different organizations. So it's, it's a very interesting way of working. Um, it also then means that you get a lot of support and um, and then there's a big network. So you're part of a network of all of these businesses that that, that have the same ethos as you do. Um, and you know through that we've we've kind of you know got other relationships with other businesses now. And, and so it's a community as well. It's very much about building a community of like-minded businesses um, that all believe that we should be putting a planet first in business. Excellent. Let me um, let me come back to you, Gels. What's the what's the feedback you get from your um, runners and cyclists about your gels? The Re- reason I'm specifically asking about this product is, you you can if a gel doesn't agree with you, it can be interesting, can't it? Should we should put it that way. So, um, what's your t- t- tell us about your gels? Well, I, I mean, again, you know, it um, it aligns with our principles, so. We, we use the best quality ingredients in our gel. Mm-hmm. Um, most of your conventional gels that you find in the market are based around a maltodextrin heavy recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, what is maltodextrin? Explain that for us. So maltodextrin is a sugar source. Um, it's a starch that's extracted from corn. Okay. And uh, it was first used in the food industry to bulk um to bulk food stuff so you'd find it in sauces and um a lot of processed food um it's it's not sweet as a sugar sauce um so it has a pretty neutral flavor to it so it can be easily manipulated mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean we chose not to use maltodextrin in our products simply yes. because it's over processed um Mm-hmm. I mean, it's often, it's often, so in sports nutrition literature, it's often held up as being um, a very good, simple source of carbohydrates. So it's a, it's a mono, what's it, mono? Monosaccharide. It's a monosaccharide. Yes. Single chain carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh yeah it has has been for a while held up as being a very good source of 
um, fuel, which um, the body can assimilate very easily. However, when you look at it, actually, glucose, which is a much less processed form of that, is actually, um, you know, that's the glucose is the naturally occurring sugar that the body actually wants um to to ingest yeah um, so i'm not making a lot of sense here um yeah, you are you're you're quite sure what i'm trying to say but so i mean i what the reason i'm being cagey is because i don't want to start i, I don't want to upset the apple cart too much mm-hmm. but effectively maltodextrin is it, it's been used in the food industry widely it was pioneered in the u.s mm-hmm. um a similar time to high fructose corn syrup as a, as a, as a food additive for all kinds of foods. Yep. Um, and it's extremely cheap to produce, mm-hmm. um, extremely cheap to produce and it does work in sports nutrition. And you know, I would never argue that it doesn't, it absolutely definitely works in sports nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, but so do other products. Yeah. Uh, other ingredients can work equally as well and i would say yeah will be healthier for you mm-hmm. particularly in the long term and in the short term mm-hmm. because they're less likely to cause you digestive issues which actually quite a lot of people get from maltodextrin um mm-hmm. but it's continued use is I feel, I don't want to point fingers, yep. it's continued use is very much due to the fact that it is just a very, very cheap bulk cheap. filling ingredient, which allows you to produce sports nutrition products at a very low price and make a very good profit on, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't give any thought to the end user of that product and the long-term health implications from them using that product and the short-term health implications of them using that product. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that, for both of us it's a you know it's a it's a, it's a personal bugbear uh, and it comes back to this whole idea of why we started the brand it's yeah sports nutrition should actually be about your health yeah and not just your performance and an ingredient like multidextrin is purely about performance mm-hmm. and it doesn't take into account <clears throat> sorry and doesn't take into account the health implications related to it yeah. so we don't use it in any of our products Mm-hmm. And as a consequence, um, anecdotally, we have feedback from athletes that we support, ambassadors, and our customers that using our products has greatly reduced or completely got rid of any gastrointestinal issues they've had using sports nutrition for training and racing. Very good. Very good. It's interesting. You do, we do these things do need to be spoken about, and you know if that's if that. Um, ingredient is ultimately not aligned with your values as a business, then it's uh, it's important to talk about it for me. I, I would agree, but it's also a slightly contentious topic, as a lot of things are around nutrition, full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I said, I think very early on, you know, my ideas around nutrition are quite contrarian to what have l- widely been long, long-term, so long-held beliefs Mm -hmm. um 
and and we're now seeing that that that's coming full circle and that you know some of the most basic principles that we probably were brought up with as kids around what's healthy actually tend to be well certainly not us maybe not us as kids but maybe our parents and grandparents as kids yeah actually turn out now to be the right things so you know eating lots of fresh fruits and vegetables and uh you know things like you know higher fat products aren't necessarily bad for you because not all fat is the same and actually just low fat diets are not healthy at all Mm. uh you know all of these kinds of things that we're starting to realize actually have scientific merit and foundation as opposed to just being uh you know the the kind of the way things were done yes yeah um uh, you know but they they still can be quite contentious yeah um you know if you try and explain to somebody that eating low-fat yogurt isn't necessarily particularly healthy for them most people or you know or drinking skim milk or semi-skim milk even yeah you know a lot of people are going to bulk at that idea because that's not what they've been led to believe mm-hmm. and sports nutrition is very much the same mm-hmm. um and a lot of that is because the science behind it is often funded by the sports nutrition companies themselves yes the research is often funded by the sports nutrition companies themselves um so and we also need to remember that it is a an unregulated industry Mm -hmm. yes very important point so let's let's tell us what else you're up to then in the running industry you mentioned that you you're looking to work with events and 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 which is a, a, a brilliant initiative I'm, I'm making sure those gel wrappers are picked up i i organize an event and going around and picking those gel wrappers up <laughs> is uh, is interesting um it takes a while um, yeah. but to have a you know a, a recycling points on the course is is excellent you know from an event organizer's perspective is, is really very good but yeah uh, what, what else are you up to in the uh, running industry um but uh, as you're aware because uh, we we actually met and and and, and spoke there we were, um, we were involved in the running industry alliance and we were one of the uh, early founder members of that as well which we um you know we were we were introduced to them and um, and instantly thought it was an, a great idea and couldn't understand why it didn't already exist. Yeah. Um, and we're you know we're very proud to be you know the nutrition partner and to be involved with the Running Industry Alliance and to be a member of the alliance. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, you know I, I think it it benefits everybody that's involved. And I, I to be fair, if I you know if, if if I had a business in the running industry, I can't imagine why I wouldn't want to be part of it. Yeah. Um, again, it's also a great community, and it's you know interesting, like-minded people, um, lots of interesting debates. Um, so yeah. that you know that that for us, we, we also. Um, our ambassador program is expanding all the time um, and we are bringing on board some, you know, you know, we, we now have a nice, should we say we have a balance, we have a balanced roster of ambassadors, which yes. is pretty much spread across different sports now as well. Yes. Um, and we've, you know, we've, we've made a, a concerted effort to ensure that that, it, you know is isn't skewed to one sport or another sport because um because you know we believe that sports nutrition is you know endurance sports nutrition works for for all sports yep. um 
and in terms of our partnership, we've um, we, we've got quite a lot planned, haven't we? Your, your uh, social media team are already getting involved um, every time that there's that there's nutritional discussion coming up on social media. This is a this is the first of our podcasts. We'll be doing a few more across the year, um, as well as you know, you, I know your team's going to be producing content for our community as well, which um, which will be able to be sh- shared far and wide for the running community and. And yeah, yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, pr- and providing information wherever possible. I mean, a lot of what we've talked about today in terms of nutrition, um, you know, again, it's valid for all sport. And, um, you know, and we're, we're keen to, you know, we like having discussions and debates and, and, dis- and talking about these and, uh, you know, these issues um, and think it's important and healthy that that, 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 that happens. Mm-hmm. Um and also, you know, help, helping people that just want to learn more about nutrition or want to take a different approach to their nutrition is something that, again, is really important to us. Uh, it's very much about having conversations and, um, you know, and debates around these things. Um, and I'd also, most of our ambassador pool come from what we can probably term everyday athletes. You know, so these are people that juggle careers with their passion. Yes. Um and I think, you know, having a few of those on the podcast would be good just so that, you know, people can, people can relate to them. And um, and they obviously have a wealth of experience and an advice to offer on, you know, how, how you can do both things successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously we would love them to chat about, you know, how Rovello has, um, has helped them with performance, um, mm-hmm. potentially overcome a few issues, especially things like um, gastrointestinal issues um, and just, yeah, just generally talk about what they like about the products and also how, you know, how they use them. So, yeah. Um, Have you, um, so I'm going for an exclusive here. Is there any hints of new products coming soon? Um, yeah, there, there are. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, we do have, we do have, some new products coming out this year um there will be um i I can say i can say in april we'll certainly be launching something in april and then there should be another product following soon after that uh in uh towards the end of may or june beginning of june okay well we're we're not far away from april (laughs) so uh yeah they'll be launching towards the end of april yeah we're not far away so we look forward to finding out what those new products are just uh remind us before we finish up then where where can people buy rovello you know in stores and online and where where to follow and your web address and all that good stuff please uh, well, the, the web address is easy. It's uh, it's rawvelo.com. So, uh, and you you know anybody that's interested can order direct from the website. Um, we uh, we pride ourselves on our customer service. So, and and um, you know we look we look after our customers that come to us direct online. And uh, you know we have uh, free postage on all orders over twenty pounds. And uh, you know, pretty speedy delivery, which is generally quite reliable, although not always in this day and age. But I think that's the same for everybody. Um, um, and yeah, we're in a number of retailers. Um, in terms of ones that people might know uh, on a national basis, um, up and running. Um, we're in we're in most up and running stores. Um, 
Alpine Trek up in Scotland. Um, I can't remember how many stores they've got now. They've got five or six stores in Scotland. Yep. Um, we're just launching with them. We're online with X Miles. We're also online with X Miles. Yeah, and then there's a number of, um, of of local shops that we're in as well. So, uh, I mean, what I would say to anybody listening is, if we're not in your local shop and you are interested in us as a brand and and have tried the products and like them, please go into your local shop and tell them about us. And um, you know, we would love to uh, to to supply them and find ways to make it work. I mean, again, one of the things that we hold, you know that we believe in very strongly as a brand is that you know all of the all of our retailers that we work with are partners and that we want to support them and we do go for um the approach of 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 being i don't want to say selective but we 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 want to work with retailers that understand what we do and um and buy into the brand because it isn't just another sports nutrition brand we do do things differently mm-hmm. and the retailer needs to understand that because you know if people are comparing us to sis or high five or any of the other kind of major brands on the market um you know the, they they need to understand the differences so that so the retailer kind of needs to to, to understand you know to, to want to, to do something differently as well and yeah. buy into that um and and we you know we we support them very closely um and we you know we we love doing you know events with the shops that we work with mm-hmm. you know we support their running clubs um you know we'll, we'll send ambassadors to do talks you know it's so, so again it's very much about you know we kind of see our customer base is a community, you know, and, and our retailers are part of that community because they effectively are, you know, the voice of raw velo to whoever walks into their shop. Yeah. Well, and you, you certainly supported us in terms of the launch. We did the giveaway of all the taster packs, didn't we? Yeah. And, and again, you know, we, we, you know, we, we love doing that kind of thing because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's great to get product out there and to get people trying it that haven't tried it before um and you know to, to get people's feedback and and you know it's, it's just you know it's, it's it's why we do what we do at the end of the day you know um i'm you know I particularly you know with with the you know the products like the gels uh, in in the running community one of the things that we often find when we do events is that we'll uh, we'll have a, a, a steady flow of people coming up and probably nine out of ten of those people will go well i don't really like gels and it's either i don't really like them but i have to do them or i don't really like them and i i I can't stomach them so i don't do them but i have problems when i do longer runs because i don't have any nutrition yeah and then they try ours and to see the uh the kind of the expression and the uh oh this is actually quite nice oh oh yeah okay yeah and you know, that just that in itself is like that's that's such a reward for knowing that we're kind of trying to do the right thing and actually i think we are doing the right thing it's working you know it's not you know we're making a product that people enjoy yeah um it's not you know i think as duncan alluded to earlier on you know as far as we're concerned sports nutrition is not a pharmaceutical product mm-hmm. much as many of the other brands out there would like to lead you down a different path and make you believe differently it is actually just food that's fit for purpose and it should be enjoyable in that sense. It should be, it should be a food product and it should taste as natural as possible. It should taste like something that you've eaten or, and would want to eat. That you use the word reward then it must be very rewarding because that's what you, you set out to do. It's um, very good. 
Very good. Well done. <laughs> if you want to uh, follow listeners, if you want to follow Raw Velo, then it's at Raw Velo Sports on Twitter and at Raw Velo on both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Duncan, Jason, thanks ever so much for coming on the podcast. It's been great to have a chat for almost an hour and um, I look forward to doing more over the coming 12 months. Thank you very much indeed, Joe. It's been yeah, a pleasure. Thanks, Joe. Absolute pleasure. Thank you.